welcome to Healthcare Unfiltered, the Shadi Nabhan podcast. I'm your host, Shadi Nabhan, and I'm a hematologist and medical oncologist. I have interest in all aspects of healthcare delivery, treatment, leadership, mentorship, and policy. But today's episode is about none of that, absolutely none of that. I want to show listeners and viewers a different side of the physicians that you have grown to know on social media, on Twitter, at the hospitals, in the clinics, and in the exam room. And the side I would like to show today is the side of music. I have asked several of my physician colleagues to come on the show and to share with you all the side of music that has impacted their lives. They all love music, but not just love it, they actually play instruments. Music is an essential part of every single physician on today's episode. Whether it's singing, playing instruments, whether it affects all aspects of their daily life. In fact, what you are going to learn in today's episode, that pretty much all of the physicians I've talked to, they would just literally love to quit their job and do something else with music or with singing. This is how passionate this bunch of physicians that I'm talking to today about music and about singing. And I think sharing this human aspect of these physicians with you is very important. Get to know the real people behind the white coat. Get to know who they are and how the music influences all of them. So without further ado, Healthcare Unfiltered with a special episodes, The Docs Who Rock. Okay, folks, well, you may actually realize how excited I am from my tone, but today's episode has nothing to do with science or oncology or anything. No COVID, no science, nothing. It's all about, I'm going to call it Docs Who Rock or something like that, because I have six amazing physicians who, in addition to being excellent uh, physicians, they actually have an additional talent, um, which is music. And each one plays a different instrument. And we're going to talk about what got them into music, uh, what type of instrument, how they balance. And you're going to hear some nice tunes from each one of them. Okay, we're going to start now with Shernan. Please just tell us a little bit about you, who you are, but then tell us about the music, how you got interested in music, and then uh, why and what you play. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Shernan Holton. I'm a BMT physician at the University of Minnesota. And if you had met me during my teenage years, I would have told you that, of course, my life is all about music and I was going to be in the music industry. So I used to spend all of my free time writing and producing, recording, uh, just dreaming about music, mostly rock and metal. And then when I got to college, I kind of just lost the spark. It it just kind of stayed for fun. Uh, But then in, in more recent pandemic times, my uh, youngest child actually decided that they wanted to play the bass. And so we bought them a bass and, you know, just watching the joy and watching the fun, the spark kind of came back. And so about six months ago, I picked up the bass and now I'm on a podcast about it.
Turner. So just so you you did not play at all until six months ago. Correct. Wow, fascinating. So I'm an imposter here. Okay. No way. Vincent, we're going uh, uh, counterclockwise. Uh, I'm very much like Shonan. I think that I told Priya, my wife, that if the, if I had to do it all over again, I would rather be in a musical career than in medicine. And uh, even now, I threaten to quit and uh, <laughs> you know go back to India or something like that and do some musical stuff. So I learned the violin as a kid. That was the Carnatic violin. And then uh, when I was in college, I played the guitar. I played bass for my medical school and also acoustic guitar. And then now after coming to the US, when my kids started learning piano, I learned with them, although only until my piano teacher fired me because I was not practicing. And then I picked up the electric guitar a few years ago. So I have one, but I'm not, I'm not very good at it. But my passion throughout has been singing. And so now with a huge amount of uh, Indian friends in the in the neighborhood, I'm, I'm getting back to, into the groove of singing for them. I like all kinds of music uh, from Megadeth to uh, classical to Indian uh, film music to Indian Carnatic music. So it's, it's, it's a huge part of my life. I think, like I said, uh, if I had an option, I would switch careers in a heartbeat, but I wouldn't be good at it. Well, you do. I texted you earlier that we need to talk about this. We're done with myeloma, Vincent. But, uh, but we're gonna get. To, we're gonna learn more actually about all of this because I'm very curious into more of the motive behind this. So far, um, that's a good start. Tara, tell us about you. Hello. Uh, I'm so grateful that I'm here. Thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is Tara Rajendran. I'm a physician, classical musician. I play the Saraswati Veena, the national instrument of India, which is a wooden fretted seven stringed musical instrument. So my story goes back to 1998 when I was five years old. My grandmother was ailing with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. She was bedridden with back pain. And I was a toddler running around. And I was really fascinated how a small piece of music coming out of a red, huge Panasonic tape recorder, olden one, uh, that music coming out of it is magically, miraculously reducing my grandmother's pain. And my, my mother and my uncle, they were both fascinated by classical music at all, but they were never trained in classical music. So in 1998, a uh, couple of months later, my grandmother passed away. And my parents, my uh, mother put me into Indian classical music uh, vocal lessons. And after two more years, I was put into Saraswati Veena lessons because my grandmother received the most, um, I think she was alleviated of stress and anxiety more when she listened to the Veena uh, recordings from the tape recorder. So uh, so I, I was put into that. And then I think once I was in, uh, I, I started my training in Saraswati Veena, I, I kind of picked it up fast and um, I was fascinated by the music, the sound of it. And, and then I started playing at uh, these uh, prestigious invited national music festivals. Um, and I think most of my audience consisted of like these elite and esoteric, uh, those who know and aware of these classical musical grammar. But, and then th that was that. And then when I started med school, 
uh, I did a bachelor's and master's in uh, classical music, but I did not perform uh, in pub. Uh, I did not give any public performances. But in final year medical school, I came. Uh, I confronted physician burnout, and then I. I took my instrument, played for a while, and music was really cathartic. And then it was uh, like, uh, I, I, I started this advocacy program on oncology and strings and started advocating about how important it is. So I, I, I am kind of re really privileged to, it's such a privilege to be in, uh, to be a physician and a musician and kind of understand the science of both of it and yeah. But Tara, why did what instrument are you carrying? This is huge. I can't. I don't even. Yes, know yes. This is the national instrument of India, which is called as Saraswati Veena, uh, V E E N A. It's a wooden instrument. It is fretted and seven string, and and why? Yeah, it kind and, of. And you chose this because this is like what your grandmother suggested. Like this is. So basically, I did not choose it. I was put into the lessons by my parents first, but after that, I formed a fascinated a fascination towards it because I was too young at that point, like when I was put into musical lessons, five or so. So. And, yeah. and going back just to Shernan, why did your son chose the choose the bass? So not son, but child, uh -huh. non non-binary. Um, they saw someone on TikTok and fell in love and yeah, just kind of went from there, just watching the total joy amidst the complete isolation of COVID, right? My kids didn't see another human besides us for about a year. But in a sense, like if they saw something on, on TikTok, or it wasn't just, you know, they saw something on TikTok and they liked the bass. Before I go to Scarbs, uh, Vincent, what, what made you like singing? Like what made you, wanting to try to sing and then I'm going to move to Alan. Oh yeah, when you grow up in India, you know, you listen to film music a lot and uh, there are some absolutely amazing singers. Uh, what what was unique about Indian music in those days was that they would have the same singer sing pretty much every every song because he, he or she was just so good. There was no point in finding other people. So there were like three or four people in Hindi, three or four people in the South who ruled the roost and everyone wanted to be like them, sound like them. Wow. Scarbs, tell us about your story. Well, uh, my name is Alan Skarbnik. I'm an oncologist, I think, as everyone else here. I started playing when I was, I was four. I started with the Hammond organ, these giant rock organs with bass paddles and everything. They had to put special adapters for me to be able to reach the paddles down there because it was way too short for it. So I got into it because I just saw the organ on a school trip and I said, I want to learn how to play this giant thing. And then I did, um, you know, a, a formal musical training in a conservatory for a good 10 years uh, with organ uh, at the time. But focusing on rock organ, I, I didn't do classic. I, I went straight to the rock uh, Verton there. Uh, and then I changed to piano and uh, synthesizer. I learned how to synthesize myself. Then I self-taught guitar afterwards. Uh, I played saxophone as well. Um, I dabbled the bass as well. So I think once you you have a framework, it's easy to transfer from one instrument to, to another. 
Um, I don't sing. I'm awful at this. So I think if I did, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in a medical career. Uh, I played throughout my whole life. I, I never stopped uh, in, in med school. I was in a band. We toured quite a bit. We, we played in, in bars all the time. I, I'm a songwriter. I had my songs playing the radio in Brazil. Uh, I, hey, you can't say songwriter and just glance over this. Tell no, us no, no, no. It was a small thing. We weren't professionals. It was a song that was picked up to be a national campaign for, for you know, for a, a charity program. So you played in the radio because of that, uh, not because it was any good. But uh, but I, I almost dropped out of med school at a point to to go pro with my band. We were close to to being signed, but fell through. And then we disbanded, and then I think it was a good thing, so I was able to finish med school. But since then, I've been playing. I play almost every day, uh, at least one of the instruments that I play. I play in a band for fun now. We rehearse every week. Um, every couple of months, we put a, a show together, usually something 80s rock-themed. Um, I have a little bit of an obsession with that. That's it. It's 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 been a part of my life forever, way before medicine. And in some ways, I think the actual music led me to be a doctor. Um, you know, uh, uh, I have a, a few views on, on why that happens. And I, I mean, music is a very common passion amongst physicians. I mean, I think it's more than even other professions. If you look at the percentage of, of physicians who have an affinity for music, it's it's pretty high. But that's my story. That's and, and you have a favorite instrument now? Well, I, pl I play a lot of piano. Uh, and I, I love the synthesizer because I love making new sounds. Uh, there's a little bit of a science behind that as well. So, um, you know, that's, that's a cool part of it. Um, so a lot of times I'm just playing around with sounds to make new different batches and things like that. The other thing, Alan, you said you self-taught yourself. Like, I mean, so how how do you self-teach yourself certain instruments? Is it like you just uh, YouTube? Like, how do you do that? Well, you know, most instruments, I mean, the scale is the same. The notes are, are the same in most Western instruments. Uh, they're just laid in a different framework. You know, if you have the, the keys in front of you, the guitar has the notes on it. It's, as long as you learn that, it's just about picking up the technique afterwards. The, the frame is the same. It's, it's music. Um, so it, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit harder than being taught by someone. But I think that once you have the, the background, you know, it, it makes it easier. Vincent as well plays a lot of instruments, as you mentioned. It, it makes it easier to pick one after you know one fairly well and i think if you start learning when you were a child uh, uh, all the neuroplasticity that comes with it it, it makes it so much easier to pick up languages in general not only music i mean like some of us here are bilingual or trilingual i don't know it's easier to pick other languages by learning music as well because it kind of opens up that space aaron what's your story you definitely definitely have the hairdo of a rock star <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a bone marrow transplant physician uh, at UCSD uh, in San Diego. When I grew up, um, my parents had a big grand piano in the house. My dad never played, uh, but he had it. He liked how it looked, and uh, I, would, I would bang around on it constantly. My brother did not, uh, um, and uh, I had lessons. I learned basic classical piano when I started. I think I was age four or five. I uh, learned how to read music, uh, and, and I, was, you know, I was into classical music, and then I kind of stopped, let that go, and in third grade, there was a school band 
And um, I picked up the cello, uh, uh, which having already known how to read music, it wasn't too bad. But at that point in time, I was in the you know, early 90s rock, Nirvana, Alice in Chains. And I was taking the cello and I was holding it like a guitar and learning Smells Like Teen Spirit on it. And my dad's like, why don't you just learn guitar? So we went out and bought me an acoustic guitar, which I, I still have to this day. And uh, I fell in love with the guitar. I would play, God, I would play hours every day, literally till my fingers bled uh, um, from playing with the guitar and learning new songs and learning all my favorite stuff. And then from high school and on, I've been in bands kind of every step of the way. Uh, we were in a, 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 basically a cover band in high school. We played around, um, occasionally snuck into bars and played uh, in college. Uh, we, um, you know, I was in a band where we, Kill It Now, that was our album. Uh, we wrote and produced an album. It was a pretty heavy rock album where we paid some guy a couple hundred bucks and locked ourselves in a recording studio for 48 hours straight. I think we had a, a 30 pack of Bush Light and, and we basically wrote all the songs and uh, recorded a, an album that sold, yeah, we probably had 500 people buy it. It was maybe on local college radio. Uh, and then in med school, I was in another band, um, the Kuminid Hostages is what we were called. Um, and we played <laughs> around live. Um, and then in a, a fellowship, uh, not an abandoned fellowship, actually, I still played a lot. And then now I'm still playing. My neighbor during COVID, he plays guitar and. Uh, every day during COVID, we would play on the block and uh, we've learned like 50 songs and are playing around in San Diego. So music's been been very important. And at one point, I think like some of the other physicians here, I did consider a career in music uh, uh, back in college when we were writing our album. My dad's like, you can't be a musician and a physician, but you can be a physician and a musician, which was, I think, good advice. Uh, I think it's pretty hard to make it in the, in the music industry. So uh, 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 I feel like I'm both and uh, I still play one of my instruments, at least every day, uh, um, probably 30 minutes, if not more. And I still try to, you know, I'm pretty, I don't know, I'd say anal, kind of like how when I learned hematology, I, I pick something and whether it's a new scale or a type of music and I, and I learn it till I learn it uh, and, and kind of master it. Do you, do you, um, did, do you take professional lessons? I took, uh, well, I took piano and that helped a lot. Uh, the piano, uh, for those who play, so I play piano, bass, guitar, and drums. And um, the and I guess cello, although I haven't picked that up in forever. Uh, the, the piano really helped me learn music and music theory. The piano, where the way it's laid out on the keys, you can clearly see, you know, music's math, it's intervals. And if you understand the intervals uh, of the chords, basically the distance between each note, you can kind of figure out, and there's some basic rules for chord construction and music theory. And I bought a book, I read it. And when you know the piano, that made me conceptualize. And I still think when I play guitar, basically in piano, uh, and that allowed me to then go to the guitar and apply some of those principles. Uh, um, so the kind of all that. So I did take lessons, but a lot of it's been learning on my own. And now with with YouTube and the internet, I mean, it's amazing. You can type in, you know, any random song you want, and there's some guitarist uh, that's made a YouTube lesson that walks you through it. Uh, and I, I also, you know, for some of the stuff that I play, I just sit there and listen. You know, I would listen to Led Zeppelin one through four, you know, hours a day to try to decipher some of the notes that he was playing. Uh, uh, before the internet. Uh, now I use the internet, it's easier. Well, Vincent is nodding because one of the things that Vincent was mentioning, which is I find fascinating, and I'm curious what you all think. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, Vincent, but but you, you do listen, you could listen to very heavy stuff like Metallica, and then you listen to very soft, uh, romantic or whatever stuff. So you have such a broad range, even with when you play, is this is this rather typical that you could play the hard rock as well as something soft? 
I don't know about playing, but for listening, certainly, you know, depending on the mood and what you want to hear. Uh, once what, gets, are... what gets you into a Metallica mood? Well, before I go and give a lecture, I'll probably be playing Megadeth in my head. So <laughs> you know, go get them. <laughs> and that's what you want. You want to be like, you know, upbeat and, you know, no one, you know, the stuff you're going to go and give it to them and teach people what they need to know. I like that. You get that in that mood. And then, you know, when you are driving, you know, you can listen depending on the week, the day. I, I really genuinely, genuinely enjoy. I have more than 50,000 songs on my iTunes uh, library. and 50,000. And I just listen to, you know, whatever I feel like for like weeks on end and then switch. That's amazing. Tara, you mentioned I want to talk to you about this and then I want to talk to Sharon as well about it because Sharon started six months ago around COVID and, you know, COVID brought a lot of not only burnout, but a lot of mental issues for all of us. But you specifically started this and you elaborate on, on the burnout and how this actually could could help. Just tell us a little about this. I mean, have you have you seen like have you have anything to measure how your music or what you've done had had an impact subsequently on reducing burnout or whatever it is? And um, so scientifically, I haven't measured like as a clinical trial or something, I haven't measured the impact of how much music is going to reduce the anxiety and all of that by myself. But if if we look into the peer reviewed articles in PubMed or any other database, you can see plenty of researches uh, that uh, mainly started uh, after a 1999 paper by Blood, uh, Dr. Blood et uh, al. And that said how music has an emotional impact and how, uh, you know, amygdala's dysfunction partly causes the, um, the anxiety, depression, and all of that. So music also has, you know, is modulating uh, the uh, amygdala's activity. So that might be one of the reasons. And after that, there has been a surge in number of articles in particular to music therapy research and also incorporating music into the clinical infrastructure. So in India, that's kind of, uh, I mean, India is delaying 60 years uh, behind US or any other country which has a, an established music therapy as a, I mean, uh, as an established music therapy profession. Uh, so that's why I started the advocacy series, right? So in the advocacy series, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of lecture concerts. So after the concerts, the attendees, uh, be it cancer patients or, or physicians even, they come back to medical students, they come back to me saying that, you know, when you were playing, I, I felt really good. It was really calming and soothing. I was going through some, so there was one particular patient and one particular student as well, they were going through a really tough time the entire day. And, and my concert was in the evening and they felt really good. Um, and, and, and then they asked me for more music and I gave them. So uh, I think this happens, this anecdotes happen like after every, every concert or every, like, every, yeah, every concert. So that's kind of, uh, I mean, so all I have right now is anecdotal evidences, but yes, I mean, uh, I haven't done a study by myself. When you're having a bad day or you're overwhelmed with something, what's your go-to tune that you want us to hear? And let us hear it. Sure. Uh, I think I will go to uh, this tune uh, slash mode called, or raga called Hamsanadam. So I'll play it out. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Wow. Thank really, you. Really, Thank I mean, you. music is really just, the, uh, it's a universal language, right? I mean, I, I'm not Indian, but I could totally relate to, to what you're saying. Shernan, is there a go-to song or tune that is, I don't know, when you're having a bad day that you go to, Vincent has to get ready because we have to hear him sing of something when he's really in a bad mood. Absolutely. Music is so therapeutic. And after a long day, I honestly love to sit down with my headphones and plug in and play a whole bunch of six to seven minute Iron Maiden songs. <laughs> just those long ballads or, or rocking songs. It's just super fun to escape into Iron Maiden. That's my go-to right now. Vincent, what's your go-to thing when you're in those, um, you know, somber modes, if you will? There's so much stuff. I, I don't know exactly, you know, what to say, but I, I, I could sing a few lines provided you're, you promise me that you're not going to air this. No, we are airing this. What do you mean? I'm not going to, we're going to air it. Well, well, you won't air my singing. You can play. No, 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 no. We're <laughs> airing. No, no, no. I'm not. Uh, we, this is, this is how we're going to get a record label, Vincent. Go ahead. <laughs> Scarbs, let us hear maybe something that you really go to usually when you're in that. We all go into those modes, except for Aaron. Aaron is always in a very delightful mode. I can't get him to feel somber. But uh, give us uh, your go-to thing. And I usually like some Yana songs. I love Queen. Don't Stop Me Now. It's a, it's a good go-to song.
Yeah, that was that was that was really that was really good. And this is just one of the instruments that you actually do, Aaron. Um, so you are in one of those like you know uh, uh, you know you need to to chill. Let's hear from you. Let's try to see if we can hear something from you on Zoom. Well, chill. I mean, we do play some fish occasionally, but usually I, I'm into Led Zeppelin. Um, so Here, when I come home, you choose. Okay. When you come home and you're walking in a little, little Zeppelin. Blues. So you were asking a question, Chaddy. Uh, I remember you said like you you listen to various types of music. Playing is very different. Uh, to be really good at it, it's different different skill sets. So you usually can only be good at one narrow field. Um, pretty hard to be at a very high level in multiple instruments so what, or multiple genres. What, what does music, I mean, you, 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 music is an essential part of each one, one, one of your lives. I mean, it, it seems to me that, uh, I mean, most people, you know, listen to music on the radio or they watch it on TV <laughs> and move on, but you take it to the extra level. What, why is that? Is it just... What does music mean to your life, Tara? Um, I think self-expression. Um, it helps me express myself better. And I think it's music is my, both like music and um, writing, both of them, particularly music is my sacred sanctum, sacred refuge. Whenever I am in a despondent state, I, I go back to music. As I said, for during med school, I had a, a four year span where I was just doing my med school and academic music, my bachelor's and master's. So I did not play music, but when uh, I think it was an OBGYN rotation, I was going through severe physician burnout. And when I took my instrument for five minutes after years and I played for like five minutes, I felt there was a lump in my throat before, and then when I played for five minutes, it kind of melted away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would just say um, it was really cathartic and self-expression, and I also finding myself. I think through my creative expression, I find myself and I identify myself in with more accuracy and clarity. So Vincent, there's something I know about you that's rather fascinating, and I, I think listeners Oh, I know about this because you do when you sing you you sing Hindi sometimes and you don't speak the language I find this fascinating to be able to sing in a language that you don't speak it can you tell us a little bit how this come about basically because I grew up in the south um, Hindi was not taught there and I didn't know Hindi and then when you move when I moved here to the US, m most of my friends were Hindi speaking. So they wouldn't actually identify with the songs in Tamil that I could sing. So you, out of necessity, start learning how to 
you know, some sing some of these songs which you don't understand the language. It's quite different. It's it's very different from Tamil, and I don't think I can get the pronunciations right. So even the clip that I sent you, I'm sure if somebody who speaks Hindi listens to it, they might find that I'm not pronouncing certain words correctly. <laughs> And I do the same thing with other other Indian languages. But like I said, you know, the the genres are so different that, you know, I can speak English well, but it's pretty pretty hard to sing in English. I mean, you can sing like church songs, but not rock songs, because that's a whole different way of singing that is very difficult, even if you're able to sing a more difficult Indian song well. It's, it's different skill sets. It takes hours of experience, hours of practice to be able to even <laughs> hear yourself and say, okay, that sounds okay. Alan, do you sing when you play or you just play? I think it's no one better to hear it when I sing. Uh, I, I sing when I'm by myself. I, I play mostly, you know, and uh, it's, it's, I think it has so many uh, meanings uh, to me. And uh, I mean, as, as Tara saying about self-expression, I think, you know, in medicine, we all try, it, there's a mold expectation in medicine, a way, a way to behave in medicine that's expected. Um, for most people, particularly I mean, in Brazil, the, the education in medicine, it's very hierarchical, strict, and it's inside a box. Uh, and I think that playing music lets, you know, you open uh, other creative paths that sometimes, uh, especially in training, you're, you're unable to, to pursue on your day to day. And the same way that it suits patients it makes at least me happy when I, I play music. Uh, and it certainly decreases risk of burnout. And I think any hobby, anything that makes a physician happier makes them a better physician because you increase your empathy. You know, you can relate more to people. I do have a number of patients who actually came to see me because they saw that I play music, you know, and they came, you know what, I want to see you as an oncologist because... I thought it would be easier to communicate because, you know, I, I see you as a person. Um, so I think there, there are so many ways, not, not only for, for my own personal, you know, building, uh, but, but I think it helps out, at least in my day-to-day -day profession, uh, uh, to play music and, and it made a lot of difference. And I think, you know, music, as I said before, music in a way led me to, to medicine because there's so much discipline that goes into learning an instrument and, you know, you really have to put yourself into it. And those are abilities that you easily translate to an academic level and being able to learn medicine. And at the end of the day, you know, we play music to touch other people as well in, in a way of help other people. I mean, everyone likes music. Everyone feels something when they hear something. And I think it correlates a lot with medicine with, with the same principles, you know, even in antiquity, if you see Apollo was the god of medicine and music, in Greece, for instance, it's, it's like predates all of us. 
do you all do you all uh, maybe I mean Sharon and then do you all um, maybe you can take this question do you play what you listen to like is it are they related uh, what you play is what you like to listen to or they're not necessarily related yeah for me completely it, it's what I like it's what um, what's already in my DNA from my youth to a degree right so you know those songs become a part of you and it's it's natural to play them because you don't have to think about it. Um, what's fun is you can kind of put aside your thinking mind and just feel for a moment and just and just let it happen and you know what to expect, you know where it's going and it the the sounds, the chords, the progressions, they just they feel like home and so it's a great place to escape for a while. There's something I learned about you I did not know, but as I was preparing for this, I was looking at some of your Twitter feeds and I realized you also lift weights. You're, you're like a power lifter. I am. I sure am. So what do you listen to uh, if you do when you're doing that? I, I presume it's something different, maybe. <laughs> it is. So but like every... You know what we're going to do? <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to have Aaron play for you the tune that you would be listening to when you're powerlifting. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I do. Um, that, that's another, you know, we, we all have to have habits that, that keep us um, sane, especially right now, you know, during these times. So I, I do indeed enjoy picking up heavy objects and, and putting them down. And the things I listen to for a big heavy lift is going to be some like obnoxious, ridiculous <laughs> punk or metal, just you know, something that just gets your blood pressure sky high. And who's better than Aaron Goodman to have something obnoxious, heavy metal? Go ahead, Aaron. Well, that, you're putting me on the spot. I don't yeah, know. What, what on the Sharon is powerlifting right now. and she's There we are. So would you, um, I'm, I'm curious, I'm going to come back to you, Tara, but I'm curious, Vincent said something earlier on and I'm going to ask the same question for everyone, but like, you know, we joke around sometimes, like I would quit and do this and do that and do this. Who's really serious about this? Like Vincent, would you really, would you, wow. Absolutely. I, I oh. mean, yeah. yeah tell me, tell, I, I'm so curious about this. Go ahead. Each one has to answer this one because this fascinates me. Go ahead, Vincent. No, I have seriously thought about it. I've actually told my wife, like, what do you think if I just suddenly like, you know, three years from now, hang it up. Because the passion is there. Uh, and even if I don't make it at all, which I don't think I will, I have like a one in a thousand chance of uh, actually doing anything with it. It's just the process of becoming better, the process of applying yourself to this art and trying to be better and better and better is enough satisfaction for the rest of my life. Isn't that amazing? We all probably would want to do something different. Like, I mean, I'll tell you about mine in a little bit. Aaron, you would quit too? Uh, yeah, uh, my wife's gonna kill me. She, I, I, I would <laughs> quit. Uh, she's a physician, so you know, if 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 I could make a living, and um, you know, the music is. I mean, I love music. I love medicine, and I, I you know, the way the others said, you know, I think hematology or, or medicine and music are similar. In the fact that there's an endless amount of information. Uh, and knowledge to ascertain, and you're never going to get bored. Uh, and there's creativity in, in both fields. Uh, the music's just a little less stressful. You know, if I screw up on stage, uh, you know, someone from the audience will come up and have a beer with me. It's a little bit different in medicine. Uh, um, and I love medicine, but there's plenty of things I don't like about medicine. 
Uh, and, and if I could have a fulfilling life doing music and, you know, support my family and all that, I would do it in a second. It's just very hard to do that. Well, you certainly have the hair due for it. So let's see what you could do with that. Yeah. Well, the, well now the hair, it's a COVID. I don't, you know, I don't go to hair cutters anymore. Shernan, you would quit too? I absolutely would. Yeah. I mean, music was, was my life from a young age. I love the process of writing and creating. Um, like Alan making new sounds with synthesizers. I mean, that's all I did when I was a kid. And it's, it's just such a joy and it's such a fun process, but it can be stressful and hard too. Um, mm -hmm. I found in my you know adult life that writing a paper or a grant is not that different from writing a song. <laughs> you fall in love with a piece of it. And then you're like, this is going to be amazing. And you sit down and you've got that little piece. And now you realize you have to add the rest of it. And then it's just like the, the hard crap. This part sucks, you know, <laughs> filling in the blanks for the rest of the song. Alan? Yeah, I would. And, and, and I will have a plan. At some point, I will stop being doctor. And I'm going to open a restaurant where I'm going to play. Uh, and serve my beer in the restaurant and cook and play. I think that's it's 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 in the it's in the process. It's going to be called the Jusilian. I have a name already for it. It's going to be a Jewish Brazilian fusion restaurant with music. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but anyway, I mean, I, I would. I think there are parts of being a musician that can be very stressful. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would love twenty years ago to have been a rock star. Not today. Uh, you know, if I quit and, and play music, will be something chill, you know, for people to come, enjoy, cover the event, um, and then, you know, just, just make a comfortable living out of it. It's fine. Um, you know, uh, I think at that point, medicine is stressful enough. I would not want to have the stress of the music industry uh, on it. So if, if, if I made that transition, it would be for something just more relaxing. Don't need to be super famous, but uh, you'll be fun. It yeah. will happen. Give me 10 years. Dara, would you quit? Uh, so honestly, I haven't started a profession as a physician. So I did my med school graduation and, I, and I'm right now pursuing a PhD in classical music. So, I mean, I had an option of, uh, you know, taking this PhD sabbatical post-residency or post-fellowship. So I took it like right now because I thought this would be the right time. So I don't think I'm experienced enough to comment on this, but I think um, except for the four years of med school where I did not play music, all other years I was playing, I was recording. Uh, but I think uh, at least I can speak for myself and my instrument. I think it's a little competitive to to be that leading that a super earning celebrity musician at least like in india in this instrument so i find it challenging so i think i would try to i mean obviously i don't have as much as uh, as much experience as all of you here but i think at, at the moment what i'm trying to think is uh, you know going um, taking both music and uh, oncology like side by side that's what i'm thinking i wouldn't quit Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Tara, let's hear another tune from you when you're in a very, you, when you want to do uplifting, like a happy mode. Yeah, so I'll do something. Yeah, so I'm going to play this uh, rock called Kalyani, uh, which in Western classical music is Lydian mode.
Yeah. Um, what did I say it was called Elydia mode? Uh, yes. So there are no, uh, I mean, I don't know whether this is the exact, but this is the best I can pull off, analogy I can pull off. Yeah. Lydia. Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's a augmented fourth on a major scale, pretty much. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, I found it in Wikipedia. Vincent, is that correct? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, that, okay. that's interesting because it it's a very bright scale. I mean, that's the yeah. brightest, happier mode of scales uh, in Western music. It's a major too. scale with the with the, with the fourth augmented. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it translates very well. I mean, I think it's very it's very similar. I literally have no idea what they're talking about as a whole. What, what, I have no clue. Sure, what are they talking about? There, 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 there are scales. When you, when you play music, there, there are chords and scales that sound more somber, probably. That would be the best way to put it. And there's someone that, that sound brighter. Actually, there's this um, Dutch uh, uh, scientist who developed a, a happiness index scale on music and what's the kind of uh the combination that make people happier when hearing music it's based on timber keys and tempo it's it's pretty interesting we you know tara is gonna play in your restaurant but it's gonna cost you it's not gonna be free. I'll pay. <laughs> yeah so alan thank you um, what who's uh, let's talk about favorite musicians a little bit um uh well two things a you know if you think about um Somebody, whether it's like some, can you think of someone, doesn't have to be even a celebrity or a musician, but someone that influenced you to have that musician part in your life? Um, if you go back and you look back like, okay, this is why this happened in my life as a musician. Can you think of who that person is and how did this happen? Well, yeah, I have a lot of influences. Um, I love Elton John. I think when I was, uh, you know, a kid who was kind of in the 80s, he was kind of coming out of, out of a dark patch, and his songs were pretty uplifting at that point. Same time, Billy Joel. So, you know, it was something that was playing a lot on piano. I like Raymond Zarek from The Doors. I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan. Uh, after three kids, I finally convinced my wife to put my last kid, middle name is Jagger. So <laughs> victory, uh, 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 you know, I love Queen. I love the police, Dire Straits. I mean, I have so many different influences. It's, it's hard to pinpoint. I think it, it, on piano, I think probably Elton John, Billy Joel, you know, Rick Wakeman from Yaz, John Lord from Deep Purple. When I played rock organ back in the day, those were the people I tried to emulate the most, even, you know, Led Zeppelin has a lot of key bass songs. Uh, you know, uh, their bass player actually is a fantastic keyboardist as well. So I can't pinpoint one. Um, I listen to everything. I listen to classic too. Is your, family, to if you, is your family supportive? Like, do you feel like they get annoyed with uh, you playing and all of this, or they feel you feel they're more encouraging? I mean, do, do you feel? My, my my parents or my current family. My oh, your, current, your, current, your current family. Uh, uh, my wife knows very well that this is a part of my life. And if I stop, I will not be in a, in a good place. Uh, my kids love it. Uh, I, I, I have convinced my kids to love Van Halen. So their favorite song is Jump. They always play, ask me to play on the keys. Um, so yeah, they're very supportive. They know 
they know that I need that that piece. They know I need to build Legos and cook and grill and play music, and they're supportive of that. I have no idea so, how you ended up being an oncologist. The more I listen to you, like you, we need <laughs> you need to talk about having a rock band, Shernan. Um, like, Alan, can I just say something, yeah. to Alan? I'm going to since he likes Elton John, I'm going to send you if you haven't heard already Elton John singing "Bridge Over Troubled Water." Oh, that would be great. That yeah. was before he became Elton John. Oh, wow. Okay. I'd love to hear it. Shernan, um, who influenced your love to music? Could doesn't have to be a musician. Could be, I don't know, could be a family member, could be a friend, but sure. Yeah, my parents. We, we always had music going in the house, you know, on the record player. Um, the first album that I memorized front to back was Rumors, Fleetwood Mac. You know, total classic, <laughs> amazing album. Um, but my personal tastes were a bit more glam and, and kind of out there. The first record that I bought with my own money was Patti Smythe, The Warrior. Anyone remember? Yes, <laughs> I am the warrior. So yeah, much fun. Yes, yeah, so much good, eyeshadow. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> I love how, it. How much, how much of the love to music is knowing the words versus the tunes in other words do you have to really know the words and what they are saying and the meanings of the word or are you drawn to the actual tune for me it's 90 percent music 10 percent words a lot of time i don't even really listen to the words except to say you know the the music clip that i sent you is very meaningful right now i <laughs> i that has lyrics that really resonate currently so when you play that for the audience, hopefully they'll <laughs> read the lyrics too. Vincent, music or words? Hey, I already told you exactly the same word by word what Shonen just said. This guy asked me on the phone and I said to him the same thing. It's 90% music, 10% words. And we have to go on the record. Was, nobody was, <laughs> we're going on the record. That's why I asked you again. <laughs> Alan, music or words? It's a combination. To be sincere, uh, I think, you know, there are songs that gain from the words a lot. Uh, and there are songs where the words don't matter at all uh, because the, the tune itself is fantastic. There's a variability. I mean, I connect more to the sounds. I mean, when I listened when I was a kid to all this American British rock bands, I had no idea what they were saying. I did not speak English. Uh, I actually learned to speak English via music and watching Friends on TV. But uh, <laughs> I learned but, uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, and Seinfeld too. I mean, it's 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 um, so you know. I, and I was connected to the music, so I never understood what they were saying. Uh, and but I would say that at the point that I did understand what they were saying, I connected better with some songs. So it is a combination, you know. But yeah, mostly the music itself, not in other words. Aaron, music or words or both, but which one is more important? Uh, the, you know, it's funny because like when my, my wife and I listen to a lot of similar music and, you know, I'll try to sing along and like I make up the words because I don't remember <laughs> the words. Uh, um, she makes fun of me and she knows the words. She's a, a brilliant writer and, uh, you know, and she knows the words by heart. And then, you know, so I'm, I'm basically listening. And for me, it's a lot of the guitar and, you know, I'm listening to that. I'm listening for intervals and, um, you know, I can remember, I feel like I can play the song in my head after I feel, hear it a few times, and then I can go figure it out on guitar. So the music for me. You didn't ask me my influences, so I'll, I'll ask Yeah, go myself, ahead. Yeah, so. same. Yeah, I'm moving on. Yeah. 
I, I grew up, I, the Beatles, uh, I mean, that's what got me into music. My dad played them, so I, he had all the records. I played on his phonograph, his record machine, uh, uh, all the Beatles albums, and that, that's what really got me into music. And then the first album I bought was Nirvana, Nevermind, and, and, and then I was into, uh, so a lot of my idols um, growing up, they weren't, you know, they had troubled lives, and I, I actually connected with their music and, and their words, uh, especially in middle school and high school. Uh, um, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, and my favorite guitarist is definitely Jimmy Page, like uh, Alan, my, my third child's middle name is Page, P-A-G-E. My wife allowed that one for me. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't like the name, though. So she always yells at me, but she'll hopefully when she's a little bit older, will like it. That's amazing. Vincent, um, influencers? Well, we, uh, I grew up in India, so we listened when I was growing up, it was Indian film music. That's what got me into music. And um, there are just some amazing composers, amazing singers. I, I can't tell you how much joy they have brought me. Uh, specific ones, I think probably the person who has influenced me the most is a singer called S.P. Balasubramaniam. He is the Guinness Book of World Record holder for the most number of recordings, vocal recordings, probably like 40, 50,000. Um, absolutely amazing singer. He died last year. Uh, I was very fortunate to become his friend for the last several years as well, so it was very hard to have him pass. Uh, there's a music composer in India called Ele Raja who's just amazing. I mean, for those of you who know music, you will understand what I'm saying. This guy composes in 15-20 minutes a song without keyboards, without guitar, just pen and paper writes it out, all the parts, sends it to its uh, team to basically uh, figure out what he wants them to do. And then they record, you know, the whole song is recorded seven to one. So he, he composes in half hour and by one o'clock they finish the recording and they move on to the next song. That's two songs a day, day after day, year after year for like, you know, 30 years or something like that. And it's like Mozart, no errors, no corrections. Just write the whole song, all parts, straight from head to paper. So those people influenced me a lot. And then when you, when I came here, of course, I mean, and even before I came here, uh, big fan of Elton John, big fan of Billy Joel, Eric Clapton, uh, Garth Brooks. Uh, of course, then I got into Megadeth a lot. I know almost all their songs. I have most of their records. Rust in Peace, man. What a what an album! You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening to Megadeth today. And then, of course, classical music because you know, it's it's everything. I mean, Mozart. There's no one like him, and I listen to Mozart a lot. And uh, so you, you you just go through these phases, and everyone influences you. Yeah, that is that is really 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 amazing. Uh, Terra influencers. I think you told us a little bit about the history. And then music or words? Uh, well, Western classical music is based in harmony. Indian classical music is heavily based on melodies. So slash modes. So we have around thousands of modes here. So my influences um, in music would be not persons, but rather persons too. But I think it would be mostly on, uh, on these modes, slash tunes, slash melodies, whatever that's called as. Uh, so in Indian classical music, so there is, uh, what we say is these ragas can make 
uh, you can emulate an emotion in you. Uh, so I can I can demonstrate it here. So for example, so this is a very uh it, it's it's something that emulates sadness or uh pathos so i i, I hope no one felt uplifted after listening to this <laughs> uh so another one is um brindavan which is very romantic so this is a uh, a slightly romantic, slightly joyous mode. So I I prefer music uh, based on these modes. And if I listen to something, oh my, uh, like, oh my God, this is such, this is something so good and I have to play it and I play it. So that's how I work. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting because Vincent was alluding, I was talking to him on the phone a couple of days ago and um, he was telling me exactly what Shernan and he just said that, you know, it's really 90% plus music and to me, it's the it's the opposite. Like I have to understand the word. Like I have to know what they're saying and what they're talking about. So I find this honestly fascinating. I'm not a musician. I haven't played ever any instrument. Was never talented enough. So I wonder if musicians that play instruments feel differently than the lay public. Like the like for me as a lay person. Like I need to understand the meanings. What are they really talking about? What they what are they saying to get into uh, the song, which is clearly not the case here. And you're the experts. Um, um, but Aaron, you said something rather interesting. You said sometimes you could you have a tune, you like the tune, and you could just put whatever words on that tune. Like you can make up stuff for that tune if you like the tune. You you can put words of your own into that tune, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of just help with the timing, the spacing, you know, uh, the words to fill it in and helps, you know, like when I'm playing a guitar, I'm I'm thinking usually of what they're, I don't know what they're singing exactly. I mean, I have a rough idea of the words. Uh, can you give uh, us uh, an example? Can you, can you play something really quick and put your words in it? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm a I'm a backup singer in the band. I, I don't do the lead vocals. So you're a backup singer. <laughs> no, but that's an interesting point, Chad, that you're saying because you know that is the language that you clearly understand. You know, and, and music is a language, and there's as Aaron said before, this math involved in it. I mean, lots of times I can hear a song that I never heard before, and I know what the next chord is going to be. You know, as they're playing. Uh, because there, there's a sense into it and, uh, um, you know, and that's, I know how, perhaps how our brain processes it, uh, different, you know, how the phrase is going to end. You have the expectation and to, to be sincere, the songs I like the most is the one that surprised me in a different yeah. way that I'm expecting exactly. something <laughs> and then they go in a completely different direction. I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah. this is genius because they didn't go where it was expected. 
Um, but, but you know, everyone has a connection to music that's different. It's based on memory, emotion, and, 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 and processing of the language itself. And to you is the words. So, so, so as we're, I mean, I, I know we've been very generous with the time. Sure, go ahead, Sharon, you can say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I agree, Alan. There, there's something about the brain processing, and I appreciate this call so much because, you know, it's really fun to find kindred spirits who, who receive and, and generate music in a similar way. Um, it was really special, you know, earlier in the difficult times of COVID, watching my youngest child obviously experience music differently than you know my husband and son <laughs> and so i was like wow there is something how, how, there how, how old what's the age different like what's the age yeah um they're 11 and and my son is 13 so my my husband and son not musically inclined but enjoy music right they they like music but but my youngest and i like we we live music it's a part of our dna and i can tell like when certain some certain songs came on you know the electricity in the air the the sparkle in the eye it's a really fun thing to see someone just completely get assimilated into a song that way so as we as we're probably finishing up, I want to make sure we finish we finish up with it with a bang. And I know I think Tara and Aaron have their instruments ready. They're going to actually each one play a tune. Um, Alan, I think yours was a little bit farther, so we weren't able to. Do you want to, Aaron? Do you want to play some trampled underfoot? I, I don't know that song. Oh, it's a Led Zeppelin song. I was going to do it for you. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know all the Led Zeppelin. <laughs> before before we do that, or maybe also Alan will do that. I guess what one of the things I'm curious about, since you are all musicians at heart, and you follow music, we're in 2021. Can you provide an assessment about about the music industry in 2020, 2021, compared to the 80s, 90s, and so on? I mean, you mentioned Billy Joel, Elton John, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Megadeth. I haven't heard anything contemporary. Like I haven't heard anyone mention anything <clears throat> of the singers here. So again, as a host, as a listener, I'm struck a little bit by this because are you, do you feel the music industry has changed to the worst? Like no, not the same. We'll start by Alan and then move on with the same question. Well, I mean, again, it's not a change, it changed. A lot, a lot of music industry now, it's image uh, and, and, and more superficial, not across the board. They're, they're fantastic musicians, very talented people, you know, but um, access to music is more broad today because of Spotify and all the streaming platforms. You don't need to buy the album and anything. So there's there are financial differences than what it was back in the day. But, you know, music connection is, is memory. I mean, it, it has to trigger an emotion in you for you to feel attached to it. And uh, the driver of stronger emotions is what I experienced in my childhood, in my youth, rather than what I'm experiencing can you, now. Can you name a contemporary musician today that you think he or she is a good musician or a fantastic musician? Um, trusty Chris Martin from Coldplay, it's a great musician. I mean, I still, it's a band is around for 20 years, so I still have some connection from like Matt school years there. Um, you know, but but not really, not 
in the sense that I appreciate everything. And I may not know them, you know, to be sincere, because when I turn on music to hear, I usually go for something that kind of it's over. Vincent, so, how do you think the music industry is doing right now? So first of all, I think if you're talking talent, uh, virtuosity, and there's amazing musicians everywhere. You just have to put on YouTube and the place is just full of extraordinarily talented people and extraordinarily um, diverse amount of music out there. Uh, like Alan said, if I'm mentioning older artists, it's mainly because I'm old and oh, shut that, Come that on. is the music I grew up with and the emotional bond. But today, you know, I, I, I listen to and admire so many different artists that my kids play on the car stereo when we are driving together. But I don't, I probably don't know the exact name of which song is sung by whom, you know, so yeah. You know, you, you just know J. Cole, but you don't know exactly which song is J. Cole's, like that. Shernan, assessment of the music industry today? Yeah, I, there is so much out there. And honestly, Spotify has been really wonderful. I'll start with a song for whatever mood I'm in and then just let it go. And sometimes you'll hear new music, new artists, and then be able to hit like, and all of a sudden you have a, a great playlist but do the contemporary songs hit me like they did back in the 80s and 90s? Not necessarily. So you're right, they, they evoke a, a different set of feelings, emotions, a rawness to some of the earlier music from my childhood. Uh, that's just kind of not present for me in music today. Right. But if you, if you thought about it, Shernan, that from a pure, like, you know, if you suddenly say, okay, I'm gonna to listen to it and analyze it from whether the chord usage or the, or the type of, uh, meter that they're using or the virtuosity you could find amazing stuff oh, yeah. every absolutely. day i mean and be uh, absolutely definitely aaron do you even play for anyone contemporary can you think of a musician uh, that you like uh, nowadays not from yeah, the well, 90s? yeah well how it's changed is i mean at least in the 90s you know i'd buy an album and i'd listen to the album straight through and really get to know the music uh and that's how i thought of the bands that i liked i think it's a little different today you can just pick and choose your songs and Maybe, you know, connect as well uh, with the artists. But contemporary, I, I still I love Beck. He's still grand. These are people that were around when I was a kid. And I think Beck uh, is still writing great music and an awesome musician. Uh, um, Radiohead, uh, uh, they're still contemporary, although their music's changed quite a bit. Uh, you know, and my daughters, you know, they listen to Taylor Swift. And I, I like Taylor Swift. You know, I'm not, you know, sitting by myself listening to them. But I, I respect, you know, she writes most of her music, plays a lot of the instruments. For me, you know, if I like that, I like artists to write their own music and then play, in it, play and play their instruments. And, and usually I can, and as the others have said, the talent's definitely still there. It's changed. There's no, there's so much talent. I mean, you go to any random bar and like, I see these people, I'm like, they're freaking unreal. And like, there they are playing in Pacific Beach, San Diego to like 10 people. So uh, the talent's definitely still there. It's just changed kind of how we consume music. Tara, um, I'm not very familiar with the Indian music, but certainly I've enjoyed listening to sometimes some of the movies that I've watched uh, without understanding the language. Do you feel that um, because you live there, the Indian music in 2020, 2021 is also different than 20 years ago? Absolutely, because I think uh, particularly in India, classical music is worse a bit more conservative and if someone does fusion even in early or late 90s people used to frown uh, and look down upon them 
Uh, but then I think nowadays, I think it's more, I think it's also because of the digital literacy and everyone and accessibility. I think everyone uh, is a musician. And if, if, if I want to make a music or something, I can just put it out there or something like that. Uh, so accessibility is more. And also because of that, I think people are communicating from, uh, I think musicians from different genres are communicating over the social media platforms and collaborating so it's more experimental uh, experiment them uh, experimenting and it's more i think innovative and all of that uh with respect to indian classical music uh, and there is a lot of indie artists coming up so that's brilliant i think the latest grammy nomination they were indians uh i mean indian independent artists so that's great um but i think recently there is this uh hindustani classical musician uh he's my age in fact muhammad aman when he recently sang a particular, it's 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 a completely classical music, it's the traditional classical Indian music, and I got goosebumps and I literally cried not just once, like every time he plays me uh, make Malhar, I cry. So, so it's it's just there are fantastic artists like. Uh, are you able to Are you able to play a segment from the one that made you cry? Oh wow, uh, I'm not sure if I could reciprocate it, but I can play because that's a. Uh, different classical music, North Indian, but I can play an analog scale in uh, South Indian classical music. Okay. Yeah. And then which is Amrita Varshini. Yes, which is called as Shard of Elixir. <laughs> That's really amazing. And, um, you know, I think we have a band, by the way, forming right here. We have all, we have the lead singer is Vincent, actually. <laughs> well, you are yes. the singer. We have a piano player. We have, I don't know, slaughter the name of the instrument. I don't know what to say. What's the instrument? We have a guitar, the bass. We have everybody. Um, first of all, because Aaron is going to take us out of the episode. So you're going to be ready, Aaron. You have to get ready for like an exit, uh, exit tune. I just really want to, um, I hope, listen. I'll, I will play the four chords that changed my life. Okay, as we exit. But basically, I want to first 
thank you really for taking time of uh, to be here. I would love to do this more often, to be honest. I like to show different faces of the physicians. I think oftentimes, you know, there's a, another uh, side of us that occasionally listeners don't know, and they see us when we talk about uh, medicine and science, which is great, but but I do think the human element of all of us um, really brings a lot of value to listeners, to patients, and, and so on. And I think sometimes that's missing. So I want to do more of these uh, over the next year, and I would love to have you again on this. Let's, uh, let's see, hopefully, how things go. So thank you so much for everyone uh, for being with us. And uh, Aaron, take us out. <coughs> Okay, everyone, truly thankful for to my guests for taking time of their busy schedule. We actually taped this episode on July 5th, 2021, on Monday, on the July 4th weekend. It is airing, as you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks after that. But really thankful for them sharing with me and with you this aspect of their life. It is really important for us to know the human aspect of physicians not just the science and oncology or science and other aspects, other specialties. Let me know how you feel this episode went. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Do you want more of it? Please direct message me on Twitter, at Shadi Nabhan. That's at C-H-A-D-I-N-A-B-H-A-N. Visit my website, shadinabhan.com, and message me there and check other features on the website. And don't forget to please subscribe to the show, rate the show, and write a brief review. You can watch everything of this show on my YouTube channel, Chadi Nabhan and Healthcare Unfiltered. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and to hit the like button, of course, if you like what you hear and if you like what you see. I'm going to leave you with um, really something to, about music that was stated by Billy Joel. You've heard Billy Joel mentioned, Billy Joel's name mentioned by some of my guests. And here's what Billy Joel once said. I think music in itself is healing. It's an explosive expression of humanity. It's something we are all touched by. No matter what culture we're from, everyone loves music. Until next time. Take care.